0: Hello and welcome to the Three Lions podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent England football supporters podcast. The senior men aren't in action now until September time. Some will say, thankfully, uh, after the recent set of results. The Lionesses, well they are just about to start their delayed by a year European Championships campaign. Of which you can hear both the preview episode and also the look back on how the girls have performed at the Euros over the years. That's also a separate podcast episode. Uh, You can find those at your podcast provider of choice or 3lionspodcast.com. But this particular episode is taking a look back at our young lions. The under-19s, they have been in action in the 2022 UEFA European Championships that were held in Slovakia. Huge congratulations to our young Lions who, a year on from the seniors only making the Euro final, our youngsters went that step further and lifted the trophy after coming from behind to beat Israel in the final. In a game that went to extra time, real enjoyable game, in which, it has to be said, Israel played their part and fully deserved their first half lead. But I'm going to say something a little odd now. Let's not get carried away. This achievement, and it is a massive achievement, without doubt, but for some of those players, it may just be the peak of their career. They may never better this through no fault of their own or their management team. Now, before I get on to that, I just want to tell you a little bit about the finals. The under-19 Euros, they're held each year and have been in various guises since 1948. Back then, it was known as the FIFA Youth Tournament for European sides until 1954. Now, in fact, that very first tournament was hosted in England and won by England. (laughs) Uh, We beat the Netherlands in the final 3-2. However, it would appear that there's not a lot of information readily available for that. And I've looked. Uh, So I've no idea who has a winner's medal for it, which is a shame. But if you do know, please feel free to let me know. But from 1955, UEFA took over the reins. England would win it in 1963, beating Northern Ireland 4-0 in the final. Now, this I do know the goal scorers: Samuels, Sissons and Whittaker. However, they don't resonate with me as being surnames that went on to become major players for the England senior team of later years. We would win it in 1971, we held on to it in 72 and again in 73. And in fact, Trevor Francis was part of that 1971 win, where we saw off Portugal 3-0. Other notable winning years were 75 and 1980. Ray Wilkins, he scored the winner in 1975. From 1981 to 2001, the tournament changed a little bit in the fact that it was only for under-18s. England won it, though, in 1993, when once again we hosted it. And we won the final against Turkey at Nottingham Forest city ground. Darren Caskey with the winning goal. In a team that featured the likes of Robbie Fowler, Paul Scholes, Sol Campbell and Gary Neville. From 2002, it was reverted back to an under-19s tournament. And of course, 2017 was a golden year for England's Young Lions. With the under-17s and under-20s winning their respective World Cups, our under-19s of that year also won the Euros in Georgia, beating Portugal 2-1 in the final thanks to goals from Asai Suleiman and Lucas Mcheca. And we'll touch on him in the moment. So these recent games, you may have seen them as they were shown on the BBC's iPlayer, England got there after qualifying through the elite qualification round in March of this year. We finished top of our group ahead of Sweden, Switzerland and Andorra. The tournament, it's an 18 tournament, split between two groups of four, much like the old style senior men's Euros of 1988 and 1992. Top two from each group go forwards to the semi-finals. Now this squad of 21 lads that Ian Foster took to Slovakia was made up of three from Liverpool, Chelsea and Aston Villa, two from Brentford, Manchester City and Tottenham and one from Peterborough United, Arsenal, Borussia Dortmund, Juventus, Bristol City and Sheffield United. So a nice cross-section of clubs there. Reflecting each one's academy and youth system, I guess. But our young Lions were drawn in Group B, which they topped with three wins from three. To start with, they beat Austria 2-0, with goals from Aston Villa's Carney, Chuck Wemeka, and Tottenham's Alfie Devine. Next up was a 4-0 thrashing of Serbia. Two first-half goals from Tottenham's Dane Scarlett, another from Chuck Wemeka, and an injury time goal from Sheffield United's David Jevison. Both of these games were played in a stadium more akin to a uh, an athletics stadium. Uh, their final group match was against Israel, where they won 1-0 in a town called Ziar Nad Horonum. Manchester City's Liam Delap with a sixth minute goal. And for the semis the lads were drawn against runners-up from Group A, Italy, who had finished behind France. And the match was played in the town of Senec in southwestern Slovakia, in a stadium that backed on to a rather nice-looking beach-come-lake recreational area. Certainly one to look at for a possible, I don't know, summer weekend break. It's not a million miles away from the capital, Bratislava. Uh, Incidentally Israel finished second and faced the French in their semi-final and we went on to win our semi-final by two goals to one despite going down to a 12th minute penalty which in all honesty was a silly one to give away. But they grew into the game in the intense heat mind uh, and two second half goals saw us go through to the final. Manager Ian Foster made some changes early in the second half and one of those paid off. It was to bring on Bristol City's Alex Scott, who headed in from a corner to equalise, literally moments after coming on. Uh, In a match where both keepers had excellent games, has to be said, it was England who grabbed the winner, again from a corner, knocked on by an Italian defender, all Liverpool's Giral Kwansar had to do was direct it in from his own head. <laughs> and regardless of the result, as semi-finalists, along with Italy, Israel, France and hosts Slovakia, we automatically qualify for the Under-20 World Cup in 2023, which is being held in Indonesia. And incidentally, Slovakia... They qualified after they won a playoff match against Austria, as both of those had finished third in their respective groups. So let's get on to that final. In somewhat blustery conditions in Tunava, a city some 30 miles northeast of Bratislava. As I said at the beginning, Israel, they dominated that first half with the majority of possession. England struggled. We couldn't make anything happen with a ball. And Israel deservedly went one up. The one time England found themselves in a dangerous position, they lost the ball cheaply on the edge of the Israeli box. They broke three on three and scored with a cracking goal from Gluck. Uh, That was the first goal that the Young Lions had conceded in open play. And if you're going to concede one... You might as well make it a good one to concede. But it seemed a half-time team talk seemed to gee the lads up as they came out in the uh, the second half rejuvenated. And just as they did against Italy, they equalised through a corner. They've got this little routine down to a tee. Callum Doyle, a Sunderland loney from Manchester City. He struck home from three, four yards. Then as the second half went on... Chukwemeka had a couple of great chances. They were so similar to each other and they were both within a minute of themselves. One of them hit the post and the other just inches wide. Could have been done and dusted in 90 minutes had one of those gone in. But the end of 90 minutes, nothing could divide them. Entertaining game, fairly even. Extra time ensued. Thankfully, uh, it wasn't as hot as the recent days, uh, as it appeared to have been in Slovakia. Extra time, though, and England would make it count. Not once, but twice. And it took until the second half of extra time, though, just after they'd changed ends. Chuck Wimeka puts it over the line, whilst pretty much on the line. Uh, Must have come off his midriff. He's had a fantastic tournament, he has. Uh, and scored that, and thanks to a delightful cross from Captain Harvey Vale. And then, with five minutes left, Liam DeLapp, son of Rory, for those with a good memory, uh, went on a run. Huge strength, which ended with him crossing, the keeper parried, and there's Aaron Ramsay to stroke it in to an empty net. Over and out, done and dusted, England had won. And Chelsea's Harvey Vale lifted the trophy. One which could be the start of an English trophy haul in 2022. Of course, next up are the Lionesses. And then November time, the big one, the World Cup. Who knows? So, much credit to them and manager Ian Foster for getting as far as they did. But how do we look at it in the grand scheme of things? As I mentioned, we won the Euros back in 2017 when we beat Portugal 2-1. Since then, only a few of those players have progressed through to the senior team. Aaron Ramsdale, Reese James, Mason Mount, those being the three main names. They're all 23, 24 years old now. Established players for club and country. However, what has happened to the rest of that 2017 winning team? Do any of them stand a chance of having a crack at our senior team at some point? In fact, if you look at that year, 2017, when the under 17s and under 20s won their respective World Cups, not so many of those have made the real breakthrough to the seniors, as you may have thought. From the under-20s, we can only really point to Ficayo Tamurai, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, maybe Ainsley Maitland-Niles from the under-20s. And arguably, more have progressed from the under-17s from that same year. Mark Gui, Phil Foden, Jaden Sancho, Connor Gallagher and Emil Smith-Rowe to be fair to that generation. That's not to say there won't be more to come from that era. But with this under-19 side, let's not mount the pressure on them so soon. Don't let our expectations get ahead of ourselves just yet. Just remember how old they actually are. But just looking back on that under-19 winning side of 2017 or the squad let me run through it and perhaps you'll understand what I'm trying to get at Uh, we've mentioned Aaron Ramsdale he was the goalkeeper he was at Bournemouth at the time and he had some loan periods at Sheffield United, Chesterfield, AFC Wimbledon and of course now finds himself as Arsenal's number one and has represented the senior side The other goalkeeper was Nathan Trott. He was at West Ham at the time. He's now on loan at Nancy in France. Trevor Chalabar, he was at Chelsea. He's been out on loan at Ipswich, Huddersfield and Lorient in France. Jay De Silva, he was at Chelsea. Been loaned out to Charlton. He is now at Bristol City. Tyo Eden was at Fulham. He's since been at Ipswich and Lincoln. He is now at Blackburn. Dujon Sterling was another one of the Chelsea players uh, who have been since loaned out. He was loaned out to Coventry, Wigan. He's now on loan at Blackpool. Darnell Johnson was at Leicester. He's been loaned to Hibs, Wigan, AFC Wimbledon. He now finds himself at Fleetwood. Isaiah Suleiman was at Aston Villa. He was one of the goal scorers that day. Uh, he's been on loan to Cheltenham and Grimsby. He then moved to Vitoria de Gomares. Uh, and is now on loan from there to Nacional in Portugal. Rhys James was at Chelsea. And of course is still at Chelsea. And he's a fairly regular for our seniors. Ryan Sessignon was at Fulham at the time. He has moved to Tottenham, but is now on loan from Spurs to 1899 Hoffenheim in Germany. Andre Dezel was at Ipswich, has since moved to QPR. Jacob Maddox, another of the Chelsea loanees, was loaned out to Cheltenham, Tranmere, Southampton. Then he transferred also to Vittorio de Guimaraes, but was loaned back to Burton Albion last season. Brewers fans, you may recognise him. Mason Mount uh, was at Chelsea, of course, but he too had to go out via the loan system. Uh, You may remember he went out to Vitas Arnhem in the Netherlands, uh, Derby County too, before finding himself back at Chelsea Marcus Edwards was at Tottenham. He was loaned to Norwich, uh, then loaned to Excelsior in Portugal. Another one signed to Vitória de Guimaraes um, and then to Sporting Lisbon. Ben Bereton, he was at Nottingham Forest. He was loaned to and then signed for Blackburn. He has since changed allegiances to Chile. <laughs> now, this is a story. Uh you'll probably want to look into this a little bit more. Um uh, but in a nutshell, apparently he found out he was eligible to play for Chile through the football manager computer game simulator. So he has now played for Chile for the senior team. I think he's played about fifteen times. Isaac Buckley Ricketts was at Manchester City. Uh he has since been on loan to twenty. In the Netherlands. Then he went on loan to Oxford United. And he recently found himself playing. Northern Premier League football. For Warrington Town. A under 19 European champion. Playing Northern Premier League football. Josh De Silva was at Arsenal. He has since transferred to Brentford. Been playing Premier League football there. Lucas nemcheka was at Manchester City. He too, uh, alongside Isaiah Suleiman, was a goal scorer that day. He was loaned to Preston North End, to Middlesbrough, to Anderlecht. Now finds himself at Wolfsburg. He, like Ben Berriton, has changed allegiances. He can no longer represent England as he switched to Germany and has since won six senior caps He was actually on the bench as an unused substitute in our recent Nations League match in Munich. An England under-19 European Championship winner was on the bench for Germany recently. All that being said, I don't want to come across as disrespecting the under-19s team or our young lines. Not not at all, not in the slightest. Um, Because Gareth Southgate's most recent squad that one for the Four Nations League games. If we look at those, nine of them had never played for the under-19s, although two of those, Declan Rice and Jack Grealish, they were both with the Republic of Ireland at that age. And incidentally, Jude Bellingham, who wasn't capped at under-19, he would have still been eligible to have been part of Ian Foster's squad. But the rest of Gareth's recent squad has 145 caps at that 19 age but spread from Harry Kane back in 2010 right up to the likes of Mark Gwee, Conor Gallagher and Bukayo Saka playing back in 2019. So clearly it is a suitable pathway and it's spread out across the years but too many it would seem get lost along the way. And as I think I've, I've said before on previous podcasts, some players peak at younger ages. Some will peak later often not playing for the youth sides. And the players' respective clubs need to also look after them, their well-being. I think at the moment these boys deserve all the praise they receive, but perhaps at English club level, they aren't getting the opportunities they deserve. They're having to go abroad to find regular football, and that's perhaps where they're getting lost. It's no secret that the Premier League is one of the biggest in the world. Why? Well, because collectively they have pretty much the most money across the big five European leagues. And with that, of course, they can buy the best foreign talents. It's been happening for years, and it has been consistently to the detriment of our national side. Okay, maybe these last few years, the senior men have, of course, flourished under Gareth Southgate. Maybe because of those that have played together at youth level and this so-called England DNA. But who will make their way to the senior side in years to come? I'm not going to put my neck on the line and give any predictions because so many things can change as they get older. But Will this team be the backbone of a future senior men's side? I have to say, probably not. Two, three, four of them may make it come the Euros in 2024 or the World Cup in 2026, which is a shame. But until our Premier League works more with our FA, I don't know, possibly introducing some home-based player ruling of sorts, I don't know. Thinking off the top of my head, I can't see it changing. Now, some sad news to bring you Colin Granger passed away on the 19th of June. Colin won seven England caps between 1956 and 1957, scoring three times. He played for a variety of teams, including Sheffield United, Sunderland, Leeds United, Port Vale and Doncaster Rovers. Those three England goals, they came against Brazil on his debut, where he got two and one against West Germany. Now, whilst also being a footballer, he also had a blossoming music career, singing from the late 50s until 1970. He was signed to various record labels, such as HMV and MCA. He would even share a bill with the Beatles in 1963. And from this musical and football career... He was given the nickname of the Singing Winger. And here he is with one of his songs called Help Me Make It Through the Night. Till the early morning light All I'm asking is your time Help me make it through the night I don't care who's right or wrong. I won't try to Colin understand. Granger, who died aged 89. Now, someone else who I wanted to mention, and you may already have read or heard about the sad passing of Walsall fan Ryan Harvey. Ryan was also a travelling England fan, home and away. He was in Munich recently. I've seen photos of him outside the Allianz, proudly displaying a Warsaw flag. Pictures too of him inside the ground, doing all those things that we like to do on an England away trip. And I read with sadness that recently he was the victim of an attack whilst in Blackpool. He sustained injuries that sadly he wouldn't recover from. I didn't know Ryan. But he was only 22, an age far too young to leave this world. But we had football and England in common, something you as a listener too will also have. Now, his friends have come together at this time of grief to raise money for his funeral costs. If this is something that you feel you may want to contribute to, head to GoFundMe and search Ryan Harvey. Or you can search on Twitter at VitalWalsall. V-I-T-A-L-W-A-L-S-A-L-L. That's on Twitter. And as with Colin Granger, I'd like to pass on my condolences to both their families and friends. Now, I think we'll end on a congratulations. A congratulations to Harry Maguire, who recently got married to his wife, Fern Hawkins. I wouldn't normally mention such things, uh, and I've no doubt they'll even be aware of this. But after the grief he's received this past year, I thought it'd just be nice to wish him and them as a couple all the very best for the future. My name is Russell Osborne and this is the Three Lions Podcast. It's an independent England football supporters podcast. Feel free to have a listen to some of the previous episodes. You can find them at your provider of choice. Give it a like and subscribe on all the socials. You'll find it there, Three Lions Podcast. And any reviews too. They're always gratefully received. Thank you as always for tuning in. So until the next time, take care of yourselves. Cheers.